This podcast is presented to you by Pastors Tom and Bonnie DeShal from Celebration Church in Harare, Zimbabwe. For more information, please visit celebrationmen.org. There's been enough declaration and enough spoken in, in the atmosphere in just two days here. Some cities I know and places that I travel. Revival, serious revival, not meetings, revival would break out in the cities. So I'm here today to just share with you what I believe God has put in my spirit concerning you, concerning us. And um, be seated if you can as we go into the Word of God. I, uh, John, I want to get right to Alex. John chapter 3, verse number 8. Hope we get the sound right, the monitors right. John chapter 3, verse number 8, should be on the screen now. I sent it to them, hopefully the verses. One of the challenges I have here with this message at home, I would have probably put this in a form where you could have really seen it on the screens in a way that it would be even that much more impacting. But uh, I need to get to this because I need 40 minutes. The wind blows where it wishes. And you hear the sound of it, but cannot tell where it comes from or where it goes. So is everyone who is born of the Spirit. Let the church say amen. The wind blows where it wishes, and you hear the sound of it, but cannot tell where it comes from or where it's going. So is everyone who is born of the Spirit. I heard something last night. I've heard it in two days. And I'm going to try to share it now. And and I heard Pastor Tom say it. There's a shift in the atmosphere. I feel a shift in the atmosphere. Tell somebody I feel a shift in the atmosphere. I asked them to put the title on the screen again. Screen people um, just for emphasis and uh, that's that's what happened when you travel go. Uh, just for emphasis, the title I feel a shift in the atmosphere. That's not the title. I feel a shift. You can remove it off the screen in the atmosphere. Father, help me now uh, without mechanics, without screens, even without great sound, help your word go forth and help your people be blessed. We thank you, Father. We thank you for uh, the opportunity, a door open. We thank you for this moment. Now rain on us. Shower down on us as you have done this week. In Jesus' name, amen. Put your hands together for the word of the Lord. Come on. Pastor Tom mentioned the maturity level of ministry now from its humble beginnings. Um, As a young missionary coming to this country and building and working and um, doing the things that he's done to make this day possible, um, he has uh, worked hard. 
And um, he spoke of seasoned fathering that makes this a safe place, doctrinally, um, makes this a safe place in, in, in every aspect of ministry. It's a safe place. Even in the last two days, it's, it's obvious that things have shifted for many people here uh, in these meetings. Uh, the pastor and Tom Duchelle has taught us many things, accessing the court of heaven. And the angel called Bishop Mark has delivered us that which the Lord has spoken. God has divinely intervened. As a result, I literally can feel the wind of change. I hear the angel of the Lord saying, you'll never, ever be the same. Again. And that went over and over in my spirit as I lie in bed last night. But it's my assignment today to warn you that there's a storm brewing on the horizon. Uh, you must know that when doors are open for us and opportunities are given to us to do great things for God, that there'll be many adversaries. Uh, one translation in 1 Corinthians 16, 9 says that there'll be mushrooming opposition. What that means is there'll be combined forces. The things that used to bind you and have you uh, will no longer be able to do such. So they're going to have to find help and combine their forces. That's what it means. We have many adversaries. Adversaries that don't like each other are going to come together to fight you. They'll lay down their differences to keep you from attaining that which God has purposed for you. But I'm not here to cause panic. I mean, there is a storm brewing, but I believe that it's brewing in a positive way. I believe that there's an even greater and more powerful move of the Holy Spirit on the way that's about to sweep throughout the entire church of Jesus Christ. I believe that the glory of the latter house will be more glorious in the former house. I believe that there is a latter rain that is coming upon the people of God that's going to bring glory to God. Imagine if the rest of the body can have a chance to experience what we're experiencing this week at Action. Think about the people you know that are dry, spiritually lethargic, hurting and unsure of their future. Think of the people that you know who could benefit from this atmosphere that could benefit from just being here, from this word, from this fellowship, that could benefit from this worship. Just imagine the people who would never set foot in this house of God for whatever reasons. And if some kind of way you could persuade them to step within these four walls and to come and hear and experience what you hear and experience on a regular and a daily basis. But imagine why. They may not even want to come. Imagine that it may be the life that you live. Imagine that it may be the way that you're presenting the gospel through your lifestyle. And so when we witness to people and share with people and bring people to the house of God, we must make sure that our own lives are pure. We must make sure that our own lives are reflecting the life that God had intended when he sent Jesus into the earth. It can be as quiet as it needs to be today because I really believe that you need to uh, begin to model 
these messages and begin to model this worship and begin to model this praise and begin to model this kind of fellowship, this type of energy everywhere you go. I believe that God wants the entire body to experience his presence and to experience a change in their current conditions. I'm a very honest preacher, and I'm a student of the church. For the most part, just for your information, FYI, the body of Christ has been in some sort of drought for years. Where I'm from, many are falling away from the faith. Many have been deceived and are being deceived. Where I come from, many are in the building, but they're not in Christ. Where I come from, there's a whole lot of religion, not a whole lot of relationship. Where I come from, many have gone out from amongst us to prove that they were never really of us. For if they had truly been of us, they would have no doubt had continued with us until this day. Where I come from, some of the people that I thought would never leave me have left me. Where I come from, people that I thought would never walk away from God have run as far from God as they can. Where I come from, I have a lady that used to lead the worship in our service. I mean front and center. Lead the worship and sing the songs of Zion. That's now on Facebook and social media around the world telling everybody that there is no God. Their children grew up in our Christian academy. And one day I get a call that the teacher says, one of the children says in the middle of the class, five years old, that there is no God. The teacher panics and says uh, to the parent, you must straighten this out because your daughter says there's no God. And the parent goes, we teach them the truth. There is no God. For the most part, many Christians around the world cannot boast of a time of refreshing from the presence of the Lord. This is what we're experiencing this week. God has given us a foretaste of what can be consistently ours. See, we can't shout in here and then doubt out there. Without a doubt, though, the Lord is reigning on us this week. I'm refreshed. I don't know about you. Are you refreshed? No, no. I sense the presence of God. Oh, don't let me negatively rain on your parade. I am refreshed. I am recharged. I am revitalized. I am revigorated. I am ready to go charge hell with the water pistol. It's raining in here this week. But for the most part, there's a rain shortage for many in the body of Christ. Rain, we know, is symbolic of refreshing. Water is symbolic of the spirit. And so when you think about rain and water, you have to also, listen, think about storms. Storms. This is an interesting note here. This is a great point to make because it's the storms that bring the rain. If there's a rain shortage, then there must be a corresponding storm shortage. I mentioned yesterday that Melbourne has no glory and no real presence of God. It is voted the best city in the world to live, one of the best economies in the world to live, and so on and so on and so on. Because they don't have many storms, they don't have much rain. And meaning, spiritually, that if there are no storms or anything that causes them to seek God's help in a situation, then there's no rain or refreshing. I'm going to show it to you. Here's what you need to know. No storm, no rain. 
Say that. No storm, no rain. People have fires in their lives that need extinguishing. James calls them fiery trials, which are the test you. And we don't need to be confused about them. They're coming. You need water or rain to deal with those fires, fiery trials. That's why we need the refreshing of the Lord. That's why we need the Holy Spirit. That's why we need to meet together, as Pastor Tom said this morning, corporately come together so that that glory and the reign of God can quench those fiery darts and those trials. So what I want to warn you about is this. Storms are coming, but they're coming to help us to put the fires out in our lives. No, you heard me, but you didn't hear me. I said storms. It's how God works sometimes. Watch it. You already have fires in your life. And then God allows a storm to come your way. You think, oh, no, a storm on top of what I'm already going through? Yes. What if I were to tell you that the storm has come to help you with what you're going through and not to hurt you in what you're going through? Storms are coming even with fiery trials already in your life. Let me explain. Let me explain. At home in our city, we have a fire that is burning so big, the clouds are black and the smoke is hovering over the city of Jacksonville. The firefighters, the firefighters have not come close to containing it. It's a fire the size of the city of Harare. It is huge. They say that it's going to take them until November of this year to come close to putting the fire out. They're saying that it will, some people believe, just have to burn itself out. All they can do is contain it. But watch this. Yesterday, I got two texts from two different people about a situation in Jacksonville. One of the texts says, and it was from my wife, storms are hitting this city. And the roofs of the building is leaking. You need to pray for these storms to cease. And that was my first text. And of course, since I'm responsible and I have to fix the roofs, I said, okay, God, let the rain stop. Secondly, on the other hand, I get another text. It says, tremendous storms are hitting the city. And the fire that was raging that was causing the smoke over the city and endangering lives and causing people to leave their homes, that fire is going out and the people are rejoicing. Pray that the storm would continue. Now, how conflicting is that? Pray that the storm will stop. Pray that the storms will continue. I know that when many of you got home last night, that there were fires that had not gone out in your life, even though that you declared that certain things would not be your portion any longer. You rebuke things that have been harassing you for months, for years, for your entire life. But when you got home, you saw nothing. 
As a matter of fact, you went home to many adversaries, mushrooming opposition, a greater and an intense fight. You don't have to admit it, but I'm going to walk right over here. I see about five or six hands. The rest of you stop lying before Jesus comes back again. Liars shall not have their part. Anyway, so I've come today to say that rain is coming. Also, I may say that there's some fires that will have to burn themselves out, just like the fire in Jacksonville. Literally, I've learned that if there's no rain in the forecast, and when I left, there was none, and we prayed for it, and the rain has come. When there's no rain in the forecast, you need to take a page from Elijah, the prophet, 1 Kings 18.41. Then Elijah said to Ahab, go up, eat, and drink. For there is the sound of abundance of rain. Now, if you know the story, it had not rained for three and a half years. And then one day the prophet says, I still don't see any rain, but I hear it. There comes a sound before there's a manifestation. For those of you that went home last night, now you want to be honest with me and say that nothing had changed. I'm telling you that there's a sound before there's a manifestation. That's what's happening this week. The Bible says, let him that have ears to hear, hear what the Spirit is saying to the church. God is speaking to you before you see it because God reveals his secrets unto his servants, the prophets, even before anything comes to pass. Listen to what he's saying. We've been taught this week that church as usual is over. We can no longer measure success like we used to. We can no longer defend our traditions or build new traditions or or, or a new way uh, to do things that will become our traditions. We must come to ourselves and realize that success is not measured by size or how many gifts that people operate in in here. Success is not how many you have in your services or how many attend your churches on Sunday or during the week. Success is marked by how much impact and the substantial tangible difference the church is making in the lives of people wherever the church is located. How much impact and influence are you having in your communities? Success comes when the church arises and reigns. So God is shifting things. He's shifting the atmosphere. There's a paradigm shift at this hour. That's that aha moment when you see things in a new light and now you can never go back to the way you used to do things again where something shifts and you go oh my god I can't believe I used to do this like that I can't believe I used to believe that the old way of thinking has got to change when you hear something that causes you to stop and wonder when you hear something that makes you say wait a minute what have I been doing all of my life you have no idea the impact Zimbabwe, Harare, Celebration Church that you have on people who visit you the first time. Your trials is what brings the storms, and the storms are what brings the rain. And when we show up, we just get wet. We don't know why we get wet. We just get wet. We get refreshed because we see things differently than we see them where we come from. You have gotten familiar, and familiarity brings contempt. But, buddy, when you come from nowhere to somewhere, when you come from a drought and there's rain, it impacts 
your life in such a way to where you might be complaining about the economy, but we start complaining about them dried up folk back home who need to come and see what God can do in the midst of a people who just hungry for him and want nothing but him and him alone. I wish I had about 55 people that knew what I was saying in here. You are a blessed people. You are an honorable people. You are a holy people. You are a mighty people. You are Zimbabwe. This is the house of stone. This is where God lives. So let me explain paradigm shift. Definition on the screen. Paradigm shift. An important change that happens when the usual way of thinking about or doing something is replaced by a new and a different way. That's a paradigm shift when a new way uh, uh, is put in place in place of another. So when there's a paradigm shift, it entails letting go of one way of thinking in order to embrace a new way of thinking. You have to discard your model for another model. You can't have both. You can't hold on to both. Luke chapter 5, verse 37 through 38 says this, and no one puts new wine into old wineskins, or else the new wine will burst the wineskins and be spilled, and the wineskins will be ruined. But new wine must be put into new wineskins, and both are preserved. A new paradigm is the new wineskin that is needed to hold the new ways of doing what God is calling you to do. So if you haven't noticed, let me tell you that God is doing a new thing. Do you not see it? So when I speak of a shift in the atmosphere, I'm talking about God is doing something that we can't see that we will see. God is doing something that we can't see that we will see. Jesus said it's like the Holy Spirit in the new birth. John 3, 8. It's on the screen. The wind blows wherever it wants. Just as you can hear the wind, but you can't tell where it comes from or where it is going. This is what we're talking about. You can't see where wind comes from, but you can see the effects of it. When it's very windy, nobody can tell the origin of the wind. Nobody can see where it starts. Nobody can see where it ends, but you can see the effects of it. So let me explain it to you in the natural. So when we speak of atmosphere in the natural, and listen, this is a science lesson. We're talking about a mixture of gases that hover over the Earth's surface. Atmosphere. It's made up of 80% nitrogen and 20% oxygen. Do you have that picture that I put up there of the Earth's atmosphere? You'll be able to see it. There you see the glow around the Earth. From the Earth up, you cannot see this wall that is literally encompassing the Earth. But from the sky down, it's there. And it's very, very important. Why? What goes on in the atmosphere affect what goes on in earth in the natural. The atmosphere serves as a sunscreen for people like Pastor Tom that's really important because he can get black in the sun. But the rest of us, we have protection through our blackness. Can you say amen? But what it does is it blocks the ultraviolet radiation. It keeps the skin from blistering which could lead to skin casters and everything else. So the atmosphere does something else. Notice the object coming in. It also protects us from objects coming from out of space to earth. In other words, that mixture of nitrogen and oxygen forms a wall around the earth 
that causes frictions when things try to enter the atmosphere. So when it comes in, the friction gets so, so hard and so thick that it just burns up before it hits the ground. So the atmosphere also can simply just be the air that we breathe. But it does much more than that. This, this, this perfect mixture of uh, nitrogen and oxygen helps the plants also to grow and uh, creates what is called the greenhouse effect for those of you that went to the university. It is also the atmosphere that supplies the rain. And it is the rain that supplies the water that is needed to sustain life on earth. God is so awesome. Let me show how it works. He lets the air evaporate over the oceans. Then he carries the rain or the water in clouds across the land and drops it where it's needed. God knows what's going on. That's how he does it, right? Then he lets the rain run back into the streams, the rivers, into the ocean to re-evaporate back into the atmosphere, and the cycle starts all over again. I got to show it to you in the spirit that maybe some of you will say amen. Because in the natural, the atmosphere is working for us even though we can't see it. It works for us. But in the spirit, Isaiah 55, verse 10, puts it like this. For as the rain comes down, and the snow from heaven, and do not return there, but water the earth, and make it bring forth and bud, that it may give seed to the sower and bread to the eater, so shall my word be that goes forth from my mouth. It shall not return to me void, but it shall accomplish what I please, and it shall prosper in the thing for which I sent it. Good God Almighty. So the word will not return unto him void. Just like the rain comes down from the heavens into the mountains, into the tributaries, into the streams, into the rivers, into the ocean, and returns back up to God and does it all over again. So his word will not return unto him void. It shall accomplish anything, that thing which God intended it. Everything you've heard this week, you may not see a manifestation right now, but I promise you it will not return unto God void. If you caught it, you can believe that God is going to bring it to pass. How do I know this? Romans 8, 28 says, and we know that all things work together for the good to those who love God, to those who are the called according to his purpose. While you're sitting here right now, God is working things together for the good. While you're sitting here right now, angels are ascending and descending on your behalf. While you're sitting here right now, heaven is shifting and moving. While you're sitting here right now, grace is being dispensed for you until the manifestation comes because I promise you if God doesn't change the thing move the thing I promise you he'll give you grace to endure the thing I wish apostle Paul was here three times I said God let this cup pass from me but he said nevertheless not as I will but thy will be done that's what Jesus said in the garden right the same thing he said my grace is sufficient for you so God's shifting things to supply what we need he's moving on our behalf when we can't see him he's positioned Positioning us to hear what we need to hear and to see what we need to see so that we can do what we've been called to do. So the spiritual atmosphere, uh, natural then spiritual, is the tangible presence of God that protects us, that provides for us, that rains down on us, and that gives us our air to breathe. For in him we live, move, and have our being. This atmosphere is the working of the Holy Spirit in the life of the church. It keeps objects from coming in to ultimately destroy us. It is here this week. It's an atmosphere where one word that 
is spoken can change lives forever. Just one word from God is greater than many words from the devil. If the devil is in your ear, one word from God can cancel all of the rhetoric of the devil. One word from God can cancel everything the devil has ever told you that's going to happen to you. One word from God can change any attitude or any situation, anything that goes on. One word from God. That's why you see people jumping up every now and then, running to the altar and putting money on the altar. Why? They got that one word from God that has now shifted something in their spirit and shifted something in their situation. An atmosphere where the sound of praise can lift a hung down head, destroy yokes, and lift heavy burdens. If there's one thing you're known for around the world is your praise and your worship in this place. An atmosphere where true worship puts up a no worry allowed sound at the door. Worry, you cannot enter in here. Stress, you cannot come in here. Fear, you are not allowed in here. A place to where the worship of God goes up, but we're not worried about nothing right now, but who he is. We're not even concerned about what he's done or what he's going to do, because I promise you, he's already done enough for you. All you need to do is just acknowledge who he is. That's true worship, baby. God, not for what you've done or what you're doing or what you're going to do, but just for who you are. I worship you. Almighty God, there is none like you. I worship you. Oh, Prince of Peace, that is all I want to do. I give you praise, for you are my righteousness. Y'all not helping me here. Well, you know who he is and it doesn't matter what's going on in your life when you know who he is I'm talking about an atmosphere where miracle can take place without ever asking for one compassionate miracles you don't get a miracle because you have faith and are believing but the atmosphere to where you can get a miracle simply because you're weeping simply because you're broken simply because you can't handle it anymore he said Moses go down there and tell Pharaoh to let my people go because I've heard they're crying. They weren't crying out to God. They were crying by reason of their taskmasters and God sent them a miracle of deliverance. I'm talking about like the widow of Nain where her son is on the way to the gravesite and they're leaving the city and she's weeping and mourning behind the casket and Jesus sees her and she doesn't say I need my son back. I need a miracle but a compassionate miracle comes where he just stops the funeral, walks over to the casket, grabs the boy by the hand, and says, go home to your mama. Y'all not helping me here. Sometimes you don't get a miracle because you're believing or because you have faith. You get a miracle because the atmosphere is set for a miracle. I taught you five years ago, in order to get a miracle, all you need is a miracle situation. All you need is a situation that you can't handle yourself, and I promise you if you'll lift up your hands in the sanctuary. I promise you if you'll fall on your face before God. I got healed this morning standing in worship at this altar. I had an ailment in my body and I stood there until God in this atmosphere removed that situation in my body. I'm telling you this is an atmosphere of miracles. And miracles can take place. An atmosphere where literally, because of the atmosphere, no weapon that is formed against you shall 
prosper, an atmosphere where not only revival is expected, but revival is welcomed. You are welcome in this place, mighty God. An atmosphere where revival and renewal and refreshing is welcomed. An atmosphere where there is, watch this, the confrontation of sin, the conviction of sin, the confession of sin, and conversion from sin. We get so much caught up in our God bless you, I love you, oh God. But imagine if the Lord walked in here himself. Some of you wouldn't run to touch the hem of his garment. Some of you would run because of what's in your life. Some of you would run because you know what's in your heart. Some of you would bow down before him, sure. Some of you would lay prostrate before him, sure. But when he walks in the room, there has to be conviction. If there's no, con- no confrontation, there's no conviction. There's no conviction, there's no conversion. So there has to be conviction. And I think this is an atmosphere where we can still say holiness is still right. No, no, no. Listen. Listen to how weak that is. Holiness, without it, no man shall see the Lord. Holiness is still right. Holiness is what God is calling for. Holiness, righteousness in the earth. When righteousness reigns, are y'all helping me here? When the righteous are in rule. Uh, this atmosphere is an atmosphere where it's hard to come in here and operate in the flesh. It's hard to come in here and demonstrate something in the natural. It's an atmosphere where you have to put aside even as speakers, what you would say in order to honor him who does say exactly what we need to hear. And if we are just the angels or the messengers of God, then we must say what God says. And last night I was so blessed and so encouraged. I got mine. I met with my team last night, Bishop Mark, and I said, I got it. I sat on the edge of my seat. I leaned forward. Because I pulled on every word. The reason you preached so hard last night is because I was pulling on you. The reason you preached so hard last night is because I needed to hear what you had to say. The reason you were pulling so hard because I was hungry and thirsty. Because if you're hungry and thirst, he'll fear you. And God used me to bless y'all last night. So I want to say that there are just some things that we have spoken into the atmosphere so far this week. That have not happened yet. This is where I'm trying to go. I want you to know that it does not mean that it ain't going to happen. That it's not going to happen. It's going to happen. It's coming. It's on the way. It's just a matter of time. We've mastered everything in the church but waiting. There's a shift in the atmosphere. It's like what we've always heard we now hear. It's called that rhema word. Remember Rhema Church? <laughs> a right now word. I heard it before, but I hear it now. It becomes what we call a me word. That's my word. I, I, felt, I felt that word. There's a word that's accompanied with a quickening. Hey. I felt, you know what I'm, hey, hey. You know what I'm saying. When the atmosphere is right, there's, a, there's always, hey, hey, hey. When the atmosphere is right, a quickening, a hallelujah from the back, a glory from the side. There's always, hey, hey oh, glory, glory to God. Thank you, Jesus. That, that kind of atmosphere where it's okay. Hey, how, 
Oh, glory to God. Oh, and then nobody's checking you for pain. Nobody's bringing you medicine. Nobody's coming over there with the medics or with the doctor. Hey, hey, you just, you don't have Tourette's. You don't need to go get surgery. Hey. If you don't feel the shift, it may be that you're not expecting it. Because you have to expect. God will meet you at your level of expectancy. You have to expect God to move on your behalf. You have to expect the Lord to show up for you. You have to expect God to save your children, to save your marriage, to meet your needs. You have to expect God. And when you expect something to happen, it will happen. This is an atmosphere of expectancy. So here's the shift that I believe God is making in the church worldwide. Number one, I believe that there's a shift from serve us to service. That we won't come just to be served. But as Pastor Tom said, you'll leave here tomorrow and you'll go into the hedges and the highways and you'll invite people. You'll share your faith. You will witness. You will serve your community. You will serve those you work with. You will serve your neighbors. You will love everybody. Love is not in word only, but it is in deed. We got to shift from serve us to service. Say that, serve us to service. Number two, there's a shift from just going to church to being equipped to be the church. From just going to church to being equipped. These apostles, prophets, evangelists, pastors, and teachers this week are here to equip you for the work of the ministry so that you might build up the body of Christ. It's not just, not just here to lord over you, but our job is to equip. I remember standing in our pulpit in 1996 as a young preacher, and I stood in a mass Sunday school class very similar to this, and I began to weep on stage because God revealed Ephesians chapter 4, verse 11, that I'm not here to just be a leader. I'm here to be an equipper, that everything I have, I've got to give it away. Everything I know, I've got to tell somebody. I can't keep secrets any longer. I can't keep secrets. What I hear in private, I got to declare on the housetops. That I got to make sure that people go further. One of the things I love about Pastor Tom and when I keep hearing in this room is that he doesn't want to prosper and you not prosper. He doesn't want to be blessed and you not be blessed. He's giving you everything he has. If he was in the United States of America and he was still home, he'd be CEO of some great company. He would be a leadership. He'd be making tons of money. He could be living large and not have to bother with any of this type of thing. But God put his hand on him and sat him in the midst of Zimbabwe for you. To elevate you. To bless you. To encourage you. To help you. To sow into your life. Number three, there's a shift from measuring your church size to measuring impact. It's impact. Not mega churches, mega impact. Jesus took 12 and turned the world upside down. One of them was a devil. One of them was a devil. So we need to remember that. How impacting are you with your 30? How impacting are you with your 50? How impacting are you with your 100? When we were just 20, 30 people, we were feeding the hungry. We were doing free auto repair, free home repair free cleaning service, free moving services with just a handful of people. We started that way, impacting our community. And lastly, there's a shift from building walls 
to building bridges. There's a shift from building walls, number four, to building bridges. There's a shift from building walls to building bridges. But one thing you need to know about building bridges and being a real bridge builder, if you're a bridge builder, you will be walked on. You will be stepped on. This coming Saturday night, tomorrow night, you're bridge building. You're getting outside of the walls and you're building bridges and bringing the body of Christ together in Harare and from all over the places as one body in one spirit to worship one God. Bridge building. Came in here today and I actually was so heavy. I was so Laden at the choir. So late. I thought, I thought, well, that whole section right there. Bump you, Bishop. <laughs> that I wanted to make a simple deposit. And I wanted you to know this ain't normal. And I wanted you to know that the rain that I speak of is the power of God. Holy Spirit. And I want you to know that fires in our lives is what brings the storms, which brings the rain. And because you're going through it, because there are things in your life that you need God to handle, when you come together, it creates this atmosphere that is like none other. An atmosphere that as I travel the world, I promise you, there's nothing that rivals presence of God. It's the same everywhere. But there's nothing that rivals the presence of God when there's fires, when there's struggles, when there's troubles, when there's situations and circumstances beyond our control. When there's situations and circumstances, whether it be government, whether it be finances, whether it be media, whatever it is, that's beyond our control. We know that when we come together as the people of God, that God will some kind of way lift the cloud Send it over your gathering. And as a corporate body, he will cause the rain to fall upon you. And that rain will quench all those fiery darts of the devil and put out some of the fires that are going on in your life. I feel so good when I come. I feel so good when I leave. It's not a matter of being on the stage and preaching and having an opportunity to sing. It's like many of you have said to me time and time again. I remember that message. It changed my life. I remember that word. When we started walking in wisdom, then we went where Jesus died for that too. Whatever it is, and there's so many people that have hung on who write me, text me, in Facebook to say, I'm still going. I'm still plowing. I'm still working. I'm still worshiping. I'm still serving. That's what my heart warm. That's what brings me back to Zimbabwe. And so as I share with you today, I feel a shift in the atmosphere, a new level, a shift, a new maturity, a shift where this week, after this week, this word is going to literally change you forever, forever, forever. Stand on your feet real quick. Everybody, quick, 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 quick. Everybody. 
Lift your hands to heaven. Receive this word and the words that are going to come forth. Receive the words that have already come forth. Pastor Tom and Bishop Mark in particular. The words that have been spoken in these general sessions by all of the other speakers, Pastor Tom and others. Receive this week and make application of this word. Know that God is visiting us because there's some things that really do need to change in our lives. There's some consistency that needs to come to our lives. You can't hear words like this and stay the same. There has to be a paradigm shift. There has to be a new way that you do things. You can't take old wine and put it in uh, new wineskins. You can't take the new wine and put it in old wineskins. You can't have both. You need God to do this new thing in you. And you need to not resist it. And you need to go all the way. So with your hands lifted and your hearts open, how many of you will say to me, I'm going all the way? Say it. I'm going all the way. I want everything that God has for me. Say it. I want everything. So Father, as these people are standing and as I've obeyed, I pray, God, that this week you will seal these words up in their hearts. And like Isaiah said, that this word would not return unto your void, but it will accomplish in the thing in which it was sent, that which you purposed. I pray, God, that testimonies will come from the north, the south, the east, and the west. That curses are broken. The shackles have fallen off. That witchcraft has no more power over me. That families are going to reclaim their inheritance. That prosperity can come even in Zimbabwe. And that we'll begin to walk in the authority which you've given us. We thank you for the divine design that we were made to be fruitful and to multiply, to replenish, to subdue, and to have dominion. And we thank you, God, that you've called us to higher heights and deeper depths, that you've called us to walk with you, that you have divinely interrupted us this week to change our regular program scheduled programming that God we don't have to continue to do it like we used to do it we don't have to continue to accept what we used to accept but that things can change we can cancel the assignment of the enemy in our lives that those things no longer have to be our portion and we thank you that we can access the courts of heaven we thank you Lord God that we can come boldly unto the throne of grace to obtain mercy and find grace to help us in our time of needs. Because of the blood of Jesus Christ, the veil has been rent. There's no wall between us. We're yours and you're ours. And we love you and we honor you and appreciate you on this day. Now, God, from this moment forward, let the rains continue to come. We're not praying for the rains to stop. But there's a drought in folks' life and there are things in people's lives. Even if the roof leaks, God, let it keep raining, 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 let it keep raining. Send the storms. For you have your way in the whirlwind and in the storm and the clouds of the air just the dust of your feet. Let it rain. In Jesus' name. Amen. Thanks for listening. For more teachings and videos, visit celebrationmen.org.